No matter how different our lives and stories may seem, we all have one thing in common, and that is the story of Jesus. His love for us, his story, unites us all. Whether it's my story, your story, their story, through Jesus, it's really all just our story. Let's look into today's chapter. Colin, welcome to the show. Yay. I'm so glad you're here. Um, So for those of you that don't know Colin, I was thinking about, okay, who's my first official guest going to be and who better to have than my little brother? I'm bigger than you. But you're still younger than me. So um, Colin, why don't you tell us a little bit about your story? All right. Well, uh, similar to you, for very obvious reasons, I was born Catholic in a Nice Catholic family and everything. Uh, I think it went pretty well, I would say, as far as, like, religion goes. We're all, <laughs> it went all, pretty it well. It went pretty sorry. well. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, like, we went to Mass pretty regularly. Like, we were, you know, uh, pretty good Catholics in that in that sense, that regard. Our family represented our faith, I would say, moderately well. Um, compared to the average, I would say. <laughs> I mean, I mean, like, we're not perfect, but, like, you know, like, it's... Yeah, we definitely... It's, it's better than the people who only go for Christmas. I mean, like... We're not those creasters, Christmas and Easter. No offense, creasters. I'm glad you're still going to Mass, but, uh... <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, I mean, uh, that's kind of how it was. Most, I mean, I generally went to church every week. I'm, like, just, you know, I would say moderately normal as far as faith was concerned. Uh, now I'm a college student, um... I haven't really seen much of the church community on there. I'm probably going to. I don't know. Um, but, I mean, I grew up, you know, in kind of an okay town. Um, <laughs> you know what? You know what? It, this is, this is, it's this is more awkward for me than it is for you. I know. So. You're so uncomfortable. And so it's really cute. <laughs> you just... <laughs> So, Colin, besides going to Mass, and obviously we pray before meals, and we pray together as a family, and all that stuff, what kinds of things do you personally like to get involved in with your faith? How do you connect to Jesus? I mean, generally, I like to say, whenever I'm trying to do anything faith-wise, anybody who's talked anything religion in front of me, I always say, I always try to do things baby step-wise, and so it's almost like, uh, if I'm already doing something good, keep that up. And then if I want to do anything more, you know, try to find something small to build off of and work off of there. Uh, anybody who wants to get involved in any kind of like faith or religious community, a lot of them like to try to take like really big steps and everything. And most of the time they find that pretty hard to do, fairly hard to do, uh, stick with big commitments, especially if it's something they haven't been used to. And so uh, I always try adding something on every now and then. And <clears throat> some of that's taken the form of helping out with summer camps, uh, which have always been really fun wonderful blast uh, every now and then helping out with like church choir uh i've had a fun time doing things music related throughout my life and that's one of them yeah you know what you can see. no we're just gonna talk about that a little later too so it's oh, just funny absolutely that you bring it up. wonderful uh and then another thing i very much like is also helping out with confirmation classes i mean especially for 
well, I mean, I don't think any other denominations, any Protestant denominations actually do anything confirmation-like. But uh, but for, you know, Catholic confirmation, it's a very big deal, and it's a very good way to get involved in faith. I mean, even if you're not a candidate and you're not going through this, it's a, it gives you a very good opportunity to look more in depth at different ideas, especially in the perspectives of what they are. Uh, I got a lot out whenever I was going through confirmation myself as far as uh, what I, how I started to look at things and what I started to think. And, I mean, going through it again is pretty much a refresher, and I get a lot out of it still now, and it's always great to look at that. Um, one thing that I love that you talked about was, like, the baby steps, because I think a lot of people, like you were saying, think that when it, well, it comes to anything, but especially when it comes to faith and that relationship with Jesus, you see these people that are just like, wow, like, they are so Jesus-y. Like, they're just wonderful. And you kind of hate them a little bit for it because you're like, why is your life so perfect? Why is this so easy for you? Or so happy at everything. Yeah. Why are you just so committed? Like, it's like, of course they would be like that. And, you know, I mean, people even look at me that way, which is such, it's just so funny to me because, I mean, yeah, I love Jesus, but there are, I'm definitely not perfect in that aspect. You're but Jesus lover. Yeah, I am. But, I mean, <laughs> you know, there's there's a certain way people look at it, and I think it's your baby step thing is such an important thing to talk about because people overlook that all the time. I mean, it just starts with little things like going to mass every Sunday or making sure you pray every time you eat or trying to find times for prayer outside of mass and before you eat. Like, I mean, just those baby steps that builds upon each other and then suddenly it's just a way of your life and it's a part of that relationship instead of just being something that – you force yourself to do or your parents force what, you What was to that do. term you used? Creasters? <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. it's like, it's like, it's like those people, you know, they're only going to, they're going to mass rarely, but like, that's still something, right? Like for people who don't go to mass, you can start with that, right? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, but then, but then stepping up on the baby step, try fitting even more in there every now and then and ever so slightly, slowly getting uh, slightly, slightly more involved. And it's, much easier, much more comfortable, and you can find that you actually, you know, are participating a lot better. Yeah, well, and that's something that mm. I've been trying to do too is throughout different like seasons of my life and different times of the year and the different um, liturgical seasons, I try to incorporate something different, something new, one of those baby steps into what I'm doing just so I can kind of, you know, ease my way into living more liturgically or (laughs) deepening that relationship in my faith. Like how Joan of Arc is my girl this year. I talked about that on my last episode, um, doing that, or maybe this is going to sound so silly, but I have that mass journal that has the readings and stuff in it and I take reflections. So I, (laughs) oh my gosh, I'm such a nerd. I don't even want to say this. I will make sure that the color of my pen that I'm using matches (laughs) that liturgical season. <laughs> right now it's ordinary time, so my pen is green, <laughs> which sounds silly, but it gets me thinking about it, which is more it's, – it's a baby step. I mean, changing the color of my pen is not going to automatically – Jesus is like, ah, yes, you're coming to heaven for that green pen. Like, you know, it's just a baby step. It gets me just thinking about the liturgical season, which – baby and like, step. <laughs> for someone like me, for instance, you know, like you were saying, like writing in your reflections – I'm not somebody who would generally do that, right? Like, that's not my style, but I would still say, you know, something kind of like that would just be at least bringing something along to 
uh, bring something along that's related to what's going on, right? Like reading along with what's going on in the mass. Some people just sit down and listen. If you read along with it, you can get a little bit more involved and actively think about it. And then there's also all kinds of other, you know, like books and resources and things like that that also ask certain things. Like if you're not going to write down like a reflection, I think some of them also include reflection questions. You can at least ask yourself and, and ponder on, which is always, you know, kind of helpful to keep thinking through and being a little bit more uh, participating. I think that's such a perfect example of just God giving each of us different gifts and spirits and talents. (laughs) Because I mean, we're siblings, obviously, and we are very similar. But in the same token, you and I have very different ways that we approach almost everything, um, especially our faith, because I'm that kind of person that I like having that master in where I can take the notes beside the readings, underline and star things and write down reflections and notes from the homily that really helps me to participate in mass. And I know like, especially when we were younger, I was like that typical big sister that would like smack my brothers and be like, pay attention to Jesus as they're like six (laughs) and being six year olds at mass. (laughs) I was like, what are you doing? You know? And I think as we get older, like we just have different ways of, of doing things and that's exactly fine. Yeah. Different strokes for different folks. Is is that right? Is that is that, is that the right phrase? I've never heard that before. It's an idiom. We just idiom? taught idioms in class. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> it's a phrase still. It's still a it is, phrase. It is. Yeah, I have no idea what that means. Just we do different things. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah, it's really cool. So speaking of that, um, growing up, I mean, well, and just in life in general, you and I have different gifts and different talents and things like that. What are some of the gifts that you feel like God has given you? I mean, I would definitely say one of the biggest things is one that's overlooked a lot, and that's opportunity. Most people, because, I mean, most people would look at us and they would see, wow, we are very, uh, like, oh, your family's so good at music stuff because we participate in music events quite a bit and we've been involved in it. But I think a lot of that is also just based on the opportunities we've had in life, uh, especially with some things like talents like this. like people generally say, oh, you were born naturally gifted. I think that's not really so much of the case, but more or less that uh, we were given the opportunity to develop something like that. And we didn't take that for granted and were able to use it to our benefit. Everybody has something regarding that, you know, like some, some opportunity to find something and, you know, actually progress and learn something cool and new. Yeah. I definitely see a lot with you too. I think that you have this really great gift of like courage um, and being able to just act on things that I feel like maybe the rest of us, especially like me and Daniel, <laughs> we are not this way. You're like, yeah, I'll do it. Let's do it. Let's go. And you're just like so ready to jump in and do whatever anyone wants to do. And then you seem so confident and cool and collected and professional and like you just are killing the game with whatever you do. And then we find out after the fact that you're like, oh my gosh, I was freaking out the whole time. <laughs> I didn't want to do that. Like um, when we sang at mass for Christmas, do oh, you want to talk a little terrifying. about that? <laughs> okay. Um, so I, I got lured in for peer pressure, right? We all did. Um, Let's just set but, the scene but... here. <laughs> But I'm like, well, if I'm already doing it, you know, I got to go through with it. I'm not going to like, you know, 
take everyone down with me. And so we're doing four-part harmonies on Christmas songs, and it's a lot of Christmas songs, right? Like a um, hundred, probably. Oh, yeah, yeah. No, I was, <laughs> I was thinking actually more of like, you know, 200. Uh, um, yes, definitely. <laughs> I can't even name like 10. Um, so we're singing a lot of these songs. And Wait, let's clarify here. It's not like we're joining the choir to no, sing No, no, it's Christmas. just us. It's just this us. It's a family Christmas, choir. Yeah, it's a Christmas family choir. morning mass at our home parish, which is a very large parish, and it's just us, just our family singing. And I don't do singing None stuff. None of us. Well, like, we like, do. I like, but... I like music, right? Like, I've been enjoyed by, I mentioned that before, I enjoy it a lot, and I've been involved in a lot, never singing. I mean, okay, we're all musically gifted. All of us have nice singing voices. We all do. We're all very involved with music. We play instruments but and stuff, but that, never. That's what like, I'm getting at. Never, never singing, yeah. never performing in front of a crowd unless you're in a group so big that no one can tell who you are. <laughs> unless we're singing in the kitchen while we're cooking, because we do that a lot and we're pretty loud. Or in the car. <laughs> so anyways, back to the topic back at to hand. Back to the topic, anyways. Um... <laughs> So we have all these songs, and um, we all have to learn them, and we're all just a single person per part. That's pretty much how it was. So you got to know your part because they're going to hear it, especially if you're people who are singing the outer voices, which happen to be us. Us too. What's that? What does that mean? What are outer voices? Soprano and bass. Why are they called outer voices? Because top and bottom on the... If you oh. stack all the notes together. Oh, so I was like important. Oh, yeah. I was singing the melody. So that was <laughs> the, super yeah, nerve-wracking. Yeah, yeah, the melody and the bass parts, for those of you who don't <laughs> and know. I didn't know how some of them went. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, as far as how, what the ear can register, uh. the outer, the highest and lowest notes in a chord are always the easiest ones to pick out, uh, which means that the soprano and bass parts are always going to be the easiest to hear. So if you screw those up, <laughs> it's kind of a problem. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so, sometimes I would just like, like stop singing and listen to what the congregation was singing. And be like, oh yeah, that's what I'm supposed to be doing. So it's like it's like no pressure, <laughs> but you gotta sing these parts and you gotta sing them right. Um, so so I'm going in there. I'm just like, yeah, sure, I'll do it. I'll do it. In reality, in my mind, I'm just sitting here thinking, wow, this is going to bomb. I am terrified. I think it was like up until so the day before I was finally able to like actually sing through a song without messing it up. And it was still probably like a nice 50-50 coin toss. <laughs> um, it, it didn't help. It didn't help that they were asking which songs we wanted. And I was like, oh, I like that one song, God Rest Ye Merry Gentlemen. That, that sounds pretty cool. Let's do that. No, don't, um, for, for those of you who want to sing four-part harmonies on Christmas carols, I recommend not picking that one. The no normal choir that was for the church was performing for, what was it? It was Christmas Eve, right? Like um, at midnight. They were performing the midnight yes, one, I thought. Yes, yeah. the midnight And mass. they they had the same song selection as us. I did not know that, but we were technically picking the song selection for everybody over Christmas. Oh, I didn't even know that. They skipped God Rest You Merry Gentlemen. Because it was hard? Yeah, yeah or they dropped the harmonies. They only, uh, they it was just, just everybody sang the melody. They just knew that you were going to be so good at your part that they didn't want to compete with you. <laughs> so they, they said, we're going to save that for Christmas Day so Colin can go out there and just really bring the spirit of Christmas. <laughs> 
But I mean, in the end, in the end, we sang it okay, right? Like we we didn't do bad. People I liked it. Went it. Well. People yeah, liked it. Yeah, it, it didn't it didn't do bad. Uh, we didn't. I don't think we messed it up that badly. Like everybody sang their parts kind of okay. It was like, just funny well. because the whole time everybody was terrified, us, well, but yeah. no one knew the other one was. Okay, I thought it was really obvious that Daniel and I were terrified because the whole time Daniel and I, like leading up to it, we were like begrudgingly like okay we can practice and like father tom and our mom and they were all like oh you guys should share this beautiful <laughs> gift that god gave you of music and your voices with everybody and so we we're like okay it's christmas like we'll do this for you jesus and I, I would think most people assumed i knew what i was doing because i was so... i was so terrified of screwing That's it up so that i grabbed my music like my uh parts before any of you guys did and did I was you practicing sleep with them? every day. <laughs> you just slept with your parts and you were like, maybe I, through osmosis. That's I, not how it works. I but. recorded <laughs> them. I, I sat down and recorded them. I uh, used a piano to play along the notes oh so I'd know God. which notes they are. And I recorded them and I still have them on my phone. Like I have a music app and I can play you That's recordings so of just my part. And I would just listen to those every day. And I, I would go through the list at least once or twice every day and look at the music, sing through it and everything. And so... You're so prepared. So, I mean, I seemed like I seemed like I was confident in everything. Yes. It's because I was so terrified that I could not stop. It's so funny because out it. of all of us, you seemed like you were the most confident. Like you were just kind of like, "Oh, okay. Yeah, let's do it. We'll be fine." Like just like brushing it off whereas I'm sitting there like, "Oh my gosh, can you sweat this much before now, 7 a.m.?" <laughs> now, another thing was it was like the day before, we were also deciding to add mass parts. And, yes. And oh my gosh. <laughs> the agreement I thought we had planned was that we weren't doing mass parts with harmonies. And they're like, hey, let's learn the mass part harmonies the day before. Now, remember, this is whenever I pulled off being confident because I was practicing every day for like one or two weeks leading up to this. <laughs> and they decide they want to give me something brand new. The something day brand new. And it's like four different things. Yeah. Right. And they're not. They're not like some of the ones that you can just guess. Like there's a few of them you can they guess what the bass part would be. They were complicated too. Yeah, they're very, very elaborate. Super hard to just guess on the first go after listening to it like once or twice. And like, all right, so you guys listen to it real quick. All right, let's go ahead and sing it as a practice. <laughs> let's go. <laughs> right out. <laughs> See, this is another thing that I just love about you. And like one of the things that you're so gifted at, another gift that God has given you like coming up with all this stuff, you're super prepared and you care so much that you do everything you can to make sure that you have like all your ducks in a row and you're ready to go and you're really meticulous with those details well, because okay. you're doing this. Like we're throwing in these mass parts last minute and you're like, I'm going to, you know, do my best with this. And I'm sitting there on um, the responsorial psalm when I was supposed to be doing like, ooh, like along when mom was singing the um, – what are they? The verses, I guess. Yeah. When she was singing those, and I just sat there with my mouth in an O, and I didn't make any noise. I was, Absolutely I just wonderful. sat there to make it look like I was ooing along with you guys, but I was just sitting there. I was not making any noise. So you're like, you're just really good at having those ducks in a row and appearing like you're together. And I feel like I'm just like. <laughs> now you can argue what my motivation is for that because like you you could say that it's because i cared about this which i will firmly argue against that being my primary motivation no, i just think that it is a pure fear of utter embarrassment because just to paint a more clear picture what we got going on 
we have you singing the melody, which for most of these songs, you know, are pretty well known. Yes. Right? Then we have the um, alto, which is our mother who... Knows everything. Knows everything. <laughs> then we have tenor, which is shared by two people. So two people being able to sing it. So they're going to be a little bit more confident because they're like, if I don't know this, yeah, I'll just stop singing other. and the other guy will sing it. Yeah. Even even if they both stop at the same time, they feel more confident with doing that. And, and then you have me on my own on a bass part I've never heard before. <laughs> I was terrified. But see, this is the thing is you're like, oh, I'm just putting off like utter embarrassment. Um <laughs> But I think that God gave you that gift of being focused on those details and putting in your like your best effort. Looking on all right even, whenever I have no clue what's that going too. on. But even like with schoolwork, oh Daniel and I used to get so mad at you for this because when it would come to like big projects or tests or something, Daniel and I would have to I mean, we all procrastinate, but we would we would have to be like super dedicated to it and we'd work super hard, do our very best, and we would get like a B plus and we'd be yes plus and then you would like sleep on it and sleep on it and wake up at like 4 30 in the morning the day it's due and pull something out of thin air and get like a nobel prize for it or something <laughs> like that's just one of those gifts that you had you know like i mean god obviously gives us all different gifts but that's definitely one of yours like i feel like growing up we just we had different things that we were good at like god yeah. gave us those different talents and stuff and i think sometimes like that it used to it used to make us butt heads <laughs> i mean i always uh i always had a problem with daniel because he would pick up any kind of technology in the world <laughs> and yeah. after like a single day it would be perfectly fine and running mastered absolutely mastered i mean he built multiple computers already i mean the computer we're recording this on he built yeah i mean like, he's so of- gifted at this all of that. It is terrifying. I mean, he's got like camera skills now that are phenomenal. Absolutely I know. It's just like amazing. he touches anything technology and it just turns into gold. It's like the he, King he, Midas touch. He learns through contact how to how to use anything electrical. Yeah. That's pretty much how it is. I agree. I would agree. Yeah. That can be super frustrating because there was a point in time a couple of years ago when I was really into photography and I was like, and making videos and stuff. And, and then Daniel, he just passes you yes. in like a week. <laughs> well, and he always... <laughs> Like, big sister, he wanted to do the stuff that I was doing. And so he would be like, I'm going to make this video. And, of course, me being the mean big sister that I was back then, I was like, no, it's mine. Back off. And then, like you said, it was just like, like, surpassed me. And so I was like, well, there you go, kiddo. (laughs) Like, I did a programming project hobby thing that I did as, like, a little side thing when I was bored. Daniel looked at me and was like, hey, that's pretty neat. And in a week, he's already pumped out something (laughs) that makes mine look like a pile of garbage. I know. He's so... Oh, my gosh. If you haven't seen any of his stuff, remind me, and I will show you sometime because he is just absolutely incredible. It's infuriating. (laughs) (laughs) But, I mean, you know, that's God's gift that he gave him, and Daniel's going to use it for some really good ways to kind of, you know, spread the gospel, whether it's directly Jesus-related or, you know, just by sharing his talents and gifts with the world. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kind of like how I was talking earlier about just like math stuff because I feel like one of my gifts that I have is um, I feel like I – anything that I learn about the mass or Catholicism or just Jesus in general – I feel like I really, I'm kind of like a mirror, like I take it in and then I'm like, oh my gosh, I need to tell people about this. Like that's one of my favorite things to do and I feel like I try to really live my faith. Um, but again, it's just 
it's how we do it in our own personal lives. But I think that's one thing. Like, I think I'm very good at being vocal and talking about it. Hopefully, I'm not super pushy about it. I don't think I'm super pushy, but maybe you guys will think something different because you're my siblings and I force you to do a lot of things. <laughs> um, <laughs> I can't stop laughing. Um, we're so awkward. Anyways, <laughs> when it comes to, you know, sharing the gospel and the good news, I think a lot of times Catholic get, Catholics get a really bad rep for not – evangelizing and going out and talking about Jesus with people all the time. But I think a lot of times when people um, kind of say those things or think those things about us, I think we just have different ways maybe of going out and sharing, you know, God's love with other people. A lot of times there are people that go out and directly will go up to someone and say, so how do you feel about Jesus? You know, and I think we're a little bit more indirect with that, at least for us personally and the people that I know. I've never gone like knocking on doors or passing out flyers or inviting just, I mean, I've invited people to mass, but I don't think that just sparking up conversations about Jesus right away, it just doesn't feel very natural to a lot of us. It's very Um, abrasive. Yeah. And I mean, it works for some people, you know, and that's not a bad thing. I'm not, I'm not saying it's a bad thing to do it that way because for some people it is effective, but I think we, especially in our family um, and in our community, are just not that way. So using kind of our different talents and gifts that God has given us, how like do you personally feel like you share the gospel with people, whether it's directly um, or indirectly? I mean, I would say I am very much an indirect person when it comes to that kind of stuff, whether it's just, you know, helping people out whenever I can yeah. and um, – I mean, that's that's kind of the big one, right? Like, if it looks like anybody needs help, ask them if they need help, you know, any, on any kind of thing. Um, just being active in the community, things like that. Um, there's actually a really good example as to why I always say I prefer indirect kind of stuff is, I mean, me going to a college campus, we're surrounded by different churches, mm-hmm. right? There's and like, even people that don't so believe many. anything. And, <clears throat> and so... Well, you've got, you've got all these churches who are trying to keep people involved in faith through college because that's generally a good time where you kind of want people to do that because people who are in college, you know, they're more willing to try to figure themselves out and try new things. But at the same time, the churches are also trying to keep people in faith if um Well, it's an easy time to, to stop, you exactly. know, if you don't believe exactly. anything and you don't care, if you've just always done this because your parents said so it's it's really easy to forget about it and so it's really and so it's a good idea to have these churches around here and what a lot of them do is they try to make sure that people know that they're there um and so they all take different kinds of routes towards doing that and trying to get people involved and so you'll see a lot of them are a lot of them will do things like um different events that they'll host at the churches like um lunches and stuff like that and all kinds of fun things. Uh, and I know I've been to one of them where they were kind enough to uh, sponsor a lunch for a um, summer program I was doing over at the university for a group. That's and, cool. And that was really nice. I felt like they, they did a very good job at getting people involved. And they did it, you know, not so bluntly, not so coarsely. Yeah, just So that, saying, hey. you know, people actually appre- uh, appreciate what they're doing. They know that they're, uh, like, the church knows that they're being appreciated, and it's a very good job to get people, you know, interested in that. Well, it's a but, good way to just be like, hey, we're here, like they, you were saying, without being like, come to Jesus. And, and, they all do kind of, and they all do kinds of things like that, like the, um, the Catholic services there, they have all kinds of weekly things, like yeah. different 
clubs, gatherings, meetings, and and some of them are hardly church related well, they at have, all like, because it's just and stuff. it's just to, yeah it's just to make people have fun yeah so they play and like, to get people all the time. involved and responsible and i'm kind of tying this over to some of the other churches where there's a few i don't actually know specifically which church this is but every now and then okay. you find this one person standing in the middle of the campus uh reading from the bible as loud as he can except for he specifically picks the verses that are the most abrasive and the most shocking. Oh, the to people kind of hear. that like shout and they're like, "You're exactly. all going to hell for wearing shorts." Those people. <laughs> exactly those people, <laughs> and so that I, I, that's a very very big contrast. And it's a very big exaggeration yeah. of the people who are like, "You want to hear about Jesus?" Uh, I know they're very very different, but what I'm getting at is I'm saying this as an exaggeration to kind of point this out. Nobody listens to that person. Nobody really ever does. They just keep walking. And if anything, the one thing they try to do is intentionally ignore them. Avoid They'll them. go yeah. out of their way to avoid them. And I mean... I mean, even I would do that as a Christian. I would purposely walk all the way around other buildings and add on another quarter of a mile just so I because didn't it's have uncomfortable. to go near them. Yeah. It is very uncomfortable. And so the and Jesus isn't about uncomfort, uncomfort, uncomfort. There we go. Uncomfortableness, discomfort. discomfort. There we go. Yes. Dictionary. <laughs> yeah, Jesus isn't about that. You know, Jesus is about mercy and love. So even whenever he has like those hard or controversial. things, you know, those conversations have to happen, even though there are some things that some guidelines and some things that we have to do as humans that are hard. Jesus is all about mercy and love, not about shouting at people and screaming at them. And so that's why I always say when it comes to something like spreading faith, you always, I always say it should be best done indirectly through yeah. just other means, right? Because, I mean, if you're just flat out going up to people and be like, hey, join our church, we want you here. They don't like that. Well, it's like how mom used to always say, you know, your actions speak louder than words. Exactly. So exactly. not to say that words aren't powerful because there are some people that, I mean, the words do help them find the faith or at least meet Jesus and learn more about him. Um, but I, I agree. I think your actions do speak a lot louder than your words in that sense. I really like that you... Um, you touched a little bit on how you're kind of through service is how you kind of share God's love with other people. And I would yeah. wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, um, you do so much communities be in the community. Yeah. You're super involved in, um, in different community aspects and just helping out and serving others. And I think that's something that's often overlooked. And I think a lot of times when we talk about service, um, people think about, you know, one type of service, serving the poor, um, yeah. which not to overlook that at all. That is such a powerful thing to do. Like St. Teresa of Calcutta, AKA Mother Teresa, for those of you that don't know that she was canonized as a saint, she's the coolest lady ever. Um, but her whole life was devoted to serving the poor. Um, but I think sometimes we get so caught up in that, which I mean, obviously, yes, it's super powerful, but we forget that there are other ways to be <laughs> serving people. And like, I mean, you're so dedicated to our high school band program that um, all of us were involved in for, like, what, 10 years? It was a long chunk of our lives. Yeah, it was a significant we, portion. It was a lot of our lives that we were involved in different aspects of our band program. And you're still there helping out um, and wanting to do what you can with them. And then in college, you're also involved in that. And you are just giving of your time for nothing well, not for nothing, like with nothing in return. Yeah. Um, 
But it would be, I feel like in those situations, it's there's so many moving parts. It's so easy to just be like, oh, someone's going to take care of that. Or it's, I say this <laughs> frequently, it's not my circus, not my monkeys, you know, like it's super yeah. easy to be like, I'm not in charge of this. It's not my responsibility. Not my problem. Yeah, not my problem. Um, but you just well, so it's somebody's easy. problem. Is the it thing. is. Yeah. And you so easily step up and you're like, you know what? It's <laughs> a problem. It's all of our problem. Kind of like the focus of this uh, podcast is talking about how it's not just your story and your life. It's not just my everybody's. story and my story. Yeah. Like yeah. it's everybody's because Jesus unites us all together. So even though it's easy to create those like borders and walls between us, it's so much easier to just realize that we really are unified and just make it in all of our thing. And I think that is one of the biggest ways that you share God's love with people is through that. It just makes me proud to be your sister. I'm like, oh, yes. Thanks. No, thank you. I mean, you're pretty awesome. <laughs> So, Colin, thank you so much for being a part of the second chapter of the Our Story podcast. Been pretty good, pretty fun. I'm so glad you were here. And if you made it this far into the podcast, thank you so much for listening to our sibling antics and awkward laughter and conversation. Um, I'm glad you're here too. Thanks for joining us. So, Colin, let's go ahead and close in prayer. Alrighty then. All right. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Come, Holy Spirit, be in this space and be in our hearts. Lord, I just want to thank you for bringing Colin here to just have a really great conversation about your love and your gifts that you give us and the way that we can share that with the people in the world around us. I want to thank you for giving each of us gifts, even if they're different and even though sometimes it can be frustrating Thank you for giving us those ways to share your love in our own unique experiences and own stories. Um, We love you so much. Please be with us this upcoming week and help us to utilize those gifts in our everyday life. And we ask this through the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Spirit. Amen. Colin, thanks again for joining us today for this chapter of the Our Story podcast. I also want to thank you for making this the best sounding episode of the podcast using your uh, cool techie audio recording, whatever. So thanks. You're the best. I love you. Whoop, whoop. (laughs) Thanks again for joining us for this chapter. I had so much fun and I'm so glad you were here. See you next time on Our Story.